Hello there, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, my name is Allison here in Austin, Texas with you. The co-hosts for this show, as always, are John Mendoza at Nurse Doza on Instagram, as well as Baldo Garza at Tex-Mex Yogi. Um, this show is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. We are an awesome supplement company. We can't wait to help you achieve your health goals. And before we introduce our guests for today, this podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. Today's podcast guests are Olivia Eden and Christina Sarmiento. Um, Sarmiento, sorry, Sarmiento. Um, uh, Olivia has a podcast um, called The Activation Project, and the two of these ladies came on the show to talk with us about trauma, dysfunction related to childhood trauma, hypnosis, and all sorts of things in that realm. It was a really awesome conversation between these two ladies and the boys. So without further ado, here are Olivia Eden and Christina Sarmiento on the How Do You Health podcast. I feel like successful. So, you know, like it's the equivalent of like patting yourself on the back. So you yeah. congratulate like, fuck yeah, right after you did it. So it releases that dopamine in your brain. Well, the congratulation itself helps cement the, the yeah. The, right. And exactly. the whole idea of like doing like 21 days to build a habit, like that's bullshit. all bullshit. Like it can happen in a day. It can happen right away. Right, right. Uh, or it could take three months or four months or it not happen because you're so attached to like, I need to do this. That's interesting. Depending like on your tendency. Yeah, yeah, because if your tendency is to fight against something <laughs> that you know you have to do, like if you like I'm a rebellious person and I've always been rebellious towards authority. And now that I don't have authority in my life, it's like I'm rebellious to my higher self so if i know that i should do something then like the jaeger training like you know like (laughs) i find my my tendency is to fight against that but then you have the tendency like gretchen rubin talks about the four tendencies and you have the people pleasing tendency which do you lean more towards people pleasing Oh, I am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> so then she motivates like, okay, I'm, I should the do RPG, this. That's a good right. thing. Uh, it was a superpower for a long time. It kept me safe, and it kept me in connection with a lot of people. But now I'm actively polarizing so um, I can find out who's actually there for me. 
Sure. So if I really put myself out there and I say exactly what I believe and the people that don't want to be in my realm will go away and the people that want to stay are actually the people that care about me. So it's uh, getting outside of myself and being okay with that because I've fought so hard all of my life to get people to like me. Sure. And it feels pretty good when when someone's like, unfriend me if, you know, those kind of the, when that happens or that you find someone does that if you make a post, if you say something about trauma, if you call out the sexual predator in the family you know like when when that happens it's it doesn't set off that fight or flight anymore it actually gives me a good feeling so i'm like oh i'm finding the people that are going to be in my realm and hopefully yeah. so welcome to the high health <laughs> podcast we started recording just because we had a good conversation going already but uh um yeah it's friday morning we have olivia and christ and christina here and uh, we are going to talk about, I don't know where this is going to go, but this is going to be a lot of fun. Every time that I've talked to you, with you, we've had a great conversation, Olivia. I, I first met you at MJ's, um, if you're, if she had like a CBD yoga thing, uh-huh. and then you, for some reason we started talking about IVs, and I was like, well, I'm actually going over there if you want to give me a ride. Yeah. And, uh, and then even on that little ride, you, we had a cool conversation. And then, uh, I don't know, it's been like five months since then or so, and, and we're here again. <laughs> and we have Nurse Doza. We're going to talk vitamins. We're going to talk health. We're going to talk probably talk hormones in a sense, how all this relates, because then that's hormones is how we understand our feelings, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm um, Tex-Mex Yogi, so let's get the party started. I ha- Oh, were you going to ask something? No. I wanted to just kind of go off of what she was talking about previously about how, like, her tendency is to people please and my tendency is to, first of all, like, ask why until I die and then kind of just say no if I don't want to do it or rebel. Also, she grew up very empathetic, which, like she was saying, was a tool to help her survive. We both scored very high on the ACE. She scored a 10, which is the highest you can get for adverse childhood experiences, and there's a direct correlation to brain damage um, caused by trauma. And I scored an 8. Major cognitive, behavioral, social, and economical dysfunction starts at a 4. So at a 4, you're 97% chance of being on antidepressants for the rest of your life, 50% chance of contracting cancer, 20-year reduction in lifespan at a 4. So I got cancer. Exactly. So we both have sustained uh, an immense amount of sexual trauma as well as physical trauma and abuse and all that kind of stuff, mental and emotional. And so I've been doing this case study. You know, I grew up in a religious sex cult, so I lived with hundreds and, or thousands of people over the, t- the course of my life because we lived in huge combo homes. So I've been around people for a very long time. I've been studying people. I'm fascinated with people. And I was wondering, what is it that makes the difference? between the kids who scored high on the ACE or, or experienced a lot of trauma who, who went the empathetic route and the ones who went the complete apathetic route like me. So for a very long time, I thought I was a sociopath because sure. of the behavior that I would admit when I was uh, a child. Like I, I remember I used to love taking this little baby because it would make us take care of the kids, you know, and I was just baby myself and I would love to pick her up out of her crib and like put her on my hip when she was dead asleep so she would wake up afraid and I liked it it was like my favorite part of taking care of her and I and I had forgotten all of this I've forgotten most of my childhood until I had started doing this therapy and other stuff like that I liked like messing with little animals I mean think about it like a kid who likes fucking with kids and animals you think okay uh, I go so (laughs) for a long time I was just like why am I so fucked up 
So I was super apathetic. She was super, super empathetic. Like, I, I was very um, destructive externally and internally, and she was very destructive internally but never externally. Yeah. So we both did um, the 12-step program together. Like, I was her sponsor at one point, and um, we had to go through, you know, like, making amends. And her list was, like, a lot of stuff that had been done to her, and mine was a lot of stuff that I had done. And it was just a puzzle. I was like, what? It, what's the answer to this? Like, how did we go such different routes? And my hypothesis is, and I would love to, like, talk to Gabor Mate about this because this is his work, but I believe that the ones that became empathetic, like Christina, were denied their basic needs. So in order for her to get her, even her very basic needs met, she had to be acutely aware of what was going on in her surroundings. So she had to tap into the emotions. Like, give an example of, like, how you had to, like, tap into empathy just so that you could, like, get dinner. Um, well, as a kid, well, so I was kind of taken by the babysitter. So I have family before and family after. As as old as six months, I have memories. And at that time, I remember waking up in the middle of the night uh, from a nightmare and being given a bottle. And when I did, I already knew that I had to feed my sister. Like I went without, I wasn't growing hair, and I had to feed her. So I was already taking responsibility for someone else at that age. Like I was hyper aware of what she needed. I knew that I had to help her or she was not going to make it because I was in a situation where I was alone. And then the other family that I was in, um, my mom was, uh, they, people thought of her as a savior. She had uterine cancer, uh, uterine cancer, adopted some kids, and everyone thought she was this wonderful person, and she wasn't. And her moods would, would just flip. Well, yeah, give them the backstory. So her and her little sister were absconded with by the babysitter? Uh, yeah. So taken to Murder Mountain. For the uh, – so what I've been told and from what I remember, uh, I was born and then I lived with my biological family for a very short amount of time, maybe a year and a half, and I was passed around and my mother wasn't very responsible and stuff, and then she had given us to this woman that had a sister that was babysitting us. And uh, she really liked us and was taking care of us and all these things. And from what I was told is that she got my biological mother to sign legal guardianship of us over under the guise that she was going to give us free medical care. I couldn't grow hair. If you touched me, I'd crack and bleed because I had eczema so bad. My sister had pink eye. We were very malnutrition. Like, it was just really bad. So uh, she did that, and then after she did that, we got molested by my biological mother's grandfather, and I told someone... And then apparently, this is what I've been told, that the cops were called, and they told Michelle, the one that took me, to come get us and never bring us back. I'm not sure if that's true. I have no idea. I have two stories from two women that I can't trust. Um, But I just remember her showing up in her Mercedes and getting in it and never looking back. Uh, And then Michelle was basically my savior for a while, and I could eat and everything was fine. And then uh, it wasn't until later in my life that she turned out to be even a bigger monster than you know, the family I came from. Do you guys know about Murder Mountain? No. It's in Humboldt County. Humboldt County, it's where the best marijuana has grown, the Emerald Isle. Isle. 273 people have gone missing there, and no one's been able to find them, basically. I, I grew up on a ranch that's, 
the nearest neighbor is seven miles away. The nearest grocery store is an hour and a half away. We didn't have central air and heating. Only one house had had that stuff, and we collected rainwater. We cut down wood during the winter to, you know, put in the stove, and we had animals and stuff, so that's where I grew up. A pot farm. And uh, I remember SWAT dropping down, <laughs> like helicopters in the 90s dropping down and raiding the woods. And Mom was like, let's go to a hotel. And uh, But, you know, I was really young, so I don't really know. But knowing what she needed and wanted before she did uh, kept me safe because – she was extremely abusive, and uh, she was very manipulative. Um, and it was all under the guise for your own good, for your own good. Um, like, as a kid, I had eczema so bad, so she would literally bind my feet and my hands with horse wraps, put socks on my hands and feet, and then bind me like this, and then put me in a sleeping bag, and that's how I'd sleep. And then she would come in in the middle of the night and say, you love me, you're never going to leave me, no one's ever going to love you like I do. And she would do that to all of us. She didn't bind anyone else, but my eczema was bad, so she said that, you know, that's what I needed. And, um, but being very aware of what she needed kept me safe. If the less I needed, the less um, that I was seen and heard, uh, the easier it was to stay safe. And she never really believed anything that I said and uh, never was truly emotionally present with me. Interesting, yeah. So then... And then you become very empathetic. Oh, yes. Right. And so then I had, like, the, the, the thing about our, our group, our cult, was that they were they focused a lot on education. So, like, I could read when I was three. Ever since we were on the potty, they were doing math dots, flashcards. We always had somebody watching our big group of kids. My mom was an angel. She was so sweet and loving. She was in the group because most adults felt like it was the best way to serve Jesus. And it was the ideal, and there was a lot of great things about it. Like, I I still wouldn't change anything about my childhood. But the physical punishments were very, very extreme, very harsh. It would leave major bruising, which is one of the major uh, trauma factors. Um, And then we we start getting kicked out of home. So they grew, like, I was raised to be an intellectual and question things, but then when we would question things, it was like you were walking in disobedience. It was like, it was not okay. You could not question like things in the Bible or why we did things or stuff like that. So I, I started create, uh, creating a lot of resentment. And then my older sister, she was kind of a um, – she was a stubborn teenager because at that point she had just had enough. Like she wasn't as pretty as the other kids, so they wouldn't use her for fundraising. So we kept getting voted out of the home. Like every six months, my single mom had to like pack us up, and we had to move, and we lived by faith, so we would ask for donations. And, and so it just started to really harden me, and I, I just started to get angry. But I, like, I was never denied what we, I needed, like food and stuff like that. And, so, and from what I've seen and from who I talked to, so in the activation project, we work with a lot of people who have scored high on the ACE. We, we follow the MAPS protocol along with timeline therapy, NLP, origin story. We use self-authoring from Jordan Peterson to help them um, to understand, you know, the things that affected them in their childhood and how it affects them later on in life. Um, but that's, like, the what I've come to find from the, all the people that I've talked to and worked with so far. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but. So the trauma that you're addressing by doing the combination of all the work, like the the different specialties and trainings and all that as well. Like, tell me, out of, out of the one that you would go to first, like, what's the first tool, resource y'all would go to first? 
Oh, to like to, to start to it start, off. To start it off. Yeah. Okay, so for well, we have two different. So like, and here's another thing: is she has an incredible memory. She remembers like she was saying since she was six. I last year I thought I had early onset dementia because I could not remember my childhood. I start I stopped forgetting or I stopped remembering my twenties, and then I I have trouble remembering vocabulary. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? I thought it was because of all the drugs I had done. Mm-hmm. But it was because that's part of trauma. So what happens is your hippocampus starts to just randomly delete it's the effects of PTSD. So any memory it perceives to be dangerous, it'll just delete, and then your your amygdala goes into overdrive. So your fight, flight, and freeze is always turned on. It's like a semi going like full speed down the highway nonstop. So for somebody like me who couldn't remember things, who just had trouble moving past anger and all of these blocks, um, the MAPS protocol has been the most effective. So that's going to be the first thing. We do a guided journey following the MAPS protocol along with these other modalities, and we extract the origin story. So basically I, I guide somebody through um, an autobiography of their life, right? And I ask them different questions, and we, we go through the different questions on the ACE. Were you spanked? Did you lose a parent to divorce or sickness, um, depression, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff? So then you can gauge, and then you go through these different experiences, and they talk about it. And because um, when you do the MAPS protocol, the medium that we use, it temporarily blocks the amygdala. So finally, it's like that semi gets to pull over into the rest area and turn off. And because you can't access fight, flight, or freeze, and the hippocampus lights up, and you're able to recall these memories, I have been able to recall 99% of my memories, even blackout memories. So what I would, because I experienced so much sexual trauma, when I would black out, I would, I would, right before I thought I was going to have sex, I would black out. And when I would drink, I would, I was a predator. I would go out, I'd be like, you, let's go. And as soon as they, I got like the, okay, I'm going with you, I would black out. Because it was like, I knew I was going to go have sex, I would go into autopilot. And I've heard that your hippocampus doesn't record memories when you're in blackout. But I have found that they do, and I've been able to recover them. So after that, then we have three session integration sessions with Christina because that's her specialty is the process of individuation and integrating the split parts that you discover in yourself when you do your origin story. Wow. So and a continuation of that could be what? I mean, we're talking years of possible. Six months. Six months? Yeah, so what MAPS has found is that one powerful guided session is equivalent to two years of psychoanalytic, oh, sorry, that six months of psychoanalytic therapy going five days a week. So this, we do three guided journeys in the six months and nine integration sessions, which is about what we have found is that it's about equivalent to two years of psychoanalytic therapy. Gotcha. Wow. That's, uh, and I've always kind of looked at it from an integration standpoint that it's one thing that kind of, like you said, let the... I like the amygdala approach that you talked about, the uh, the metaphor there. If you basically kind of remove yourself and detach yourself, I was explaining to someone last night, like psilocybin. He was asking about psilocybin. He's like, so what's the big deal about it? And I was like, well, the idea there's a lot of people who can't detach from that reality. Like they just can't get out of their own heads. So it allows like the, the gate to kind of come down for a minute, the guard to come down. But then you have to do the work. Like you have to find out what it is. And face it and then start kind of almost working backwards because then you start kind of rewiring your neuroplasticity. And you talked about habits and forming new ones and all that earlier. To be able to do that, it doesn't just happen like over a weekend. 
right? You start downloading and you start processing, and it could be what I've noticed with uh, – wait. It just shows you what the work needs to be, though. Well, it's just you can't you can't just expect, like, the person who starts downloading to even understand what they're going through totally. because there's so much that comes out that you might be just sitting at a coffee shop, and all of a sudden you just start crying because you're like, oh, my God, I just figured that out. Mm. Oh, my God. And then you just don't know what to do because your whole world just changed. And it didn't happen like the next day. It doesn't happen right after the session. You're just like, oh, I figured it all out. I understand it all. It's like, no, you're in a daze. Well, so I want Christina to touch on uh, integration because that's like her forte. Um, But to speak of that, because we were just talking about like we were at a strip club for my friend's birthday the other day. And I was sitting there and I told you that story about waking up that kid and like liking her to wake up scared. And I remembered... I was in a very abusive relationship in Houston for three years, and I would snore, and he would wake me up by punching me in the face or kicking me off the bed. And so I would wake up scared every night. And I literally just made that connection like two days ago. I was like, oh, Wait, damn. so this is a, you as an adult now? Like, Yeah, uh, this like was like 26, 25 to 28 or something like that. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, um, and to, like the splits will come out. So, uh, so Christina, talk about like splits well, and splits coming out. And w- before you get into that, because I know people, we talk about psychedelics in general often on the podcast, and I, I'm we're talk about it all the time because people are comfortable asking about it. Like we don't practice with that obviously because we, we, we are medicine, uh, but we we have experience with it ourselves. But then at the same time. Because we're very open about it, people ask us like, "Hey, how come this? How come that?" Like, and and I understand why the questions come sometimes because I've also had experience with psychedelics before, where it was like it was none of that. It was just like I want to go party, right? And like you, and I don't ever remember from any of those like I'm gonna go party and like do all, all this stuff to, that I ever had any type of downloads where like I sat there the next morning and like oh, my God, like, this, like, this, it was just, like, that was great. Or, like, oh, man, I had incredible sex because of whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's all it was, right? But now I could, like, do a microdose and have, like, an incredible experience that's going to help me move forward to another level of myself um, because it's a lot more intentional, right? And my question is, the, is the intentionality of, of of all this important for for uh, the integration absolutely is, yeah. so one thing is that what you focus on creates behaviors and creates results so if you have if you're focusing on partying and having fun it's going to create a behavior for fun and then give you that result if that's what you want if that's your intention if you go into psychedelics and plant medicine with the intention of learning something about yourself then, and that's what you focus on, that's what you'll get as well. Um, depending on which ones you do, like the ones that slap you in the face, like ayahuasca or something like that, that right there is going to take you on, on what it wants you to do, mm-hmm. depending on which one you decide to do. But if it's like microdosing mushrooms or doing a little LSD, like it, it's, it's different with the different medicines. But um, as for integration uh, for people, I... I believe that some people have a belief that they can't access their memories and certain things without uh, plant medicine, and that's a belief. So when did someone decide that? That's what I'll ask people sometimes. So if I qualify whether or not they're doing it to uh, spiritually bypass uh, actually understanding and the resistance they have to doing and feeling certain things is something that I like to get into first. Like, what is the reason you're doing this? 
what are you trying to get from it? Is there a belief that you can't ever feel these things? I address that first. Um, and then after they have things come up, they have them come to the surface, whatever they are, I'll sit down with them and we'll talk about it. And um, now I can tune in, I can channel, and I can tune into someone's subconscious and just tell them about themselves, but I like the other person for it to come from them because their uh, neuropathways and what uh, sticks inside of their mind is when they actually speak it out loud. And uh, so if someone comes to me and they're like, okay, I saw a snake and it was vomiting it out, what does that mean? I'm like, well, what does that mean for you? Um, and depends on if there's emotions coming up, if it's a, a certain uh, fear, anger, sadness, hurt, guilt, and shame, if that was like the big thing about it, I can help someone release that. So we are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Everything else is programmed, which means everything else can be deprogrammed from you. Um, so if someone has a lot of fear, and it's all about fear, when was the first time you felt that, before, during, or after your birth? You go back to the origin of when fear started, and you can get the learnings from that because your timeline is your superpower. Whatever happened to you is a wealth of knowledge. It's just that we didn't have the wherewithal when we were unconscious to know those things. So you go back, you get the learnings, you can take those learnings forward with you throughout the timeline when you felt those things before, every single time you felt fear. You can apply those things from the first time so then it disappears. You release all the negative emotions on all the events all the way back to your present moment. And you can do that with any emotion. So depending on what they're coming to me for or what they're feeling or if they have uh, parts out of alignment. Are you guys aware of what parts are? We're an amalgamation of parts. So um, part of me wants to quit my job. Part of me wants to stay. Sure. Part of me wants to be in this relationship. Part of me doesn't. Um, those are parts out of alignment. So when I think of parts, you have a bunch of them inside of you. They're like Siamese twins. Uh, when you want to go towards Or something. they're like the movie Multiplicity, I would say, sure. a little bit more, where he starts cloning himself, yeah. and each one is different. One's really good at work. One's really sexual. One likes to eat. Yeah, so those normally split from the consciousness this way, which means that there is a polarization between each of them, which they can all have their own thoughts, feelings, boundaries and um stuff when you said this way you meant like laterally well well, i mean uh, so the i think of the conscious stream of consciousness like like a like a river and then it has little splits that come off of it and basically that's your energy going in different ways um so when uh one uh, one splits (laughs) no worries um it'll come back to me um so yes parts so when these parts are out of alignment, uh, so say you want something and it's over there. You're like, okay, that job that I want, that I don't want. So you have these amalgamations part. You might have like five or six that are speaking and have their own thoughts and feelings about the thing. And they're in this rowboat. And three of the parts are going towards what you want, and three of the parts are going away from what you want. Guess what? You're stuck. That's that stuck feeling. You're going in circles. Grace and eddy. And it's just circles and circles. And then sometimes you have four parts of you that want to go that way and two this way. It's a little bit harder. So I help people contact, get in contact with all their parts and get them all into alignment to move forward, which moves you forward at an astronomical rate because all of you is on board, complete and total alignment. Um, And it's very easy to do. Um, Basically, you go into the part of you that does want something and the one that's in the the most conflict with that part. You find out everything that you you can about them, their age, how old they are, what they want, what their needs are, the other one, what they want, and what what their needs are, and then you don't ever compromise. You find a third option to meet both of the needs. And normally, 
since they're polar opposites of each other, uh, one of them has what the other one needs, and this one has what that needs, and then they realize they're a part of a greater whole. They come together, and then you can move forward a lot faster. That's uh, cool. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, pretty magical. I <laughs> like that. I've, I've figured out lately what I've been downloading is that it all s- is synchronicity, that you have to feed off. you like Because my kids like watching the Lorax. Mm-hmm. And the Lorax teaches, I love Dr. Seuss, and teaches that we need the trees because we need oxygen. They give us oxygen, and we can't breathe without it. That's why the bad guy basically makes millions off of selling air to the town, mm-hmm. right? And so I tell them, I say, well, if we didn't have all the trees here, we wouldn't be able to survive. So we need to make sure that we give off stuff to give back to the earth so then we can get food from it, and then there's this big cycle. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether, you know, you're in a conversation, you're in a relationship, whatnot, it's like your energy has to – has to match or has to at least accept that if it doesn't match then it's it's accepted that there's another energy force there right and that's the thing is like even if we don't agree at least i respect that you're there like Mm -hmm. you're present right and you might bump into one another and that's what it is what we do with our body vessels and stuff like that but we're all just clumps of like energy Mm -hmm. and matter that bounce off of one another do you are you uh do you know what perception is projection Perception is projection. Yes. Um, I mean, if you're looking at psychological, then, yeah, I'm pretty sure I project a lot of things. So, um, in a sense, that perception is projection that you don't know something unless it's within you. So, if I meet you and I'm yeah. like, okay, you're super cool. I really like, like, you have curly hair and, you know, like, I like, I like these ten things about you. I wouldn't be able to see that in you if it wasn't in me. Yeah. And then anything that you, that I don't like about you is actually unconscious behavior of mine but mm-hmm. is also a part of me yeah. now when you meet someone and it's just neutral and you don't have whether you like really like him or you don't like him then that's not it's just that's nothing it's your internal representation of good and bad but i was going to go back to the split parts one of the pitfalls that i think people come across a lot is when they discover these parts of themselves and because of the fear and the shame and the guilt and stuff that is created through societal constructs the tendency to want to destroy that part is really high. So I want to just kill that part. So what happened with me is I discovered more intimately. So what we do with these split parts is we tend to lock them away in our mind, right? So we lock them away in the dungeon. And through these journeys that we do, they come, we unlock them. So they come out. And um, one of my parts, Ophelia is what I called her. She was the <laughs> sexual predator that would come out. And I was just like, after my journey, I was like, all right, on a mission to destroy her, you know? And then she ended up coming out in like full force one night when I had taken some mushrooms and ended up getting me in a lot of trouble sexually. Um, and, uh, and so I, I was like, Christina, what? So like, basically I had to go through everything first so that I could help or we could develop this program, um, but I had to go through all of the mistakes first, right? So I had to feel through everything, and she was like, well, that's because we have to integrate, you know, that that part. I chose actually not to integrate her because she's a very strong protector in my life. Like, I can be very gullible, very, tr- like, I trust very easily, and she's, and now I call her Olovia. You know, she's my friend. We're a team. So I talk about creating an army of splits because a lot of people, they don't have access to a, a really high-performing integration coach or someone who can really help you integrate them into one whole being, which is how you find inner peace. And if you can't or if you don't have access to that, then try to 
get to know these parts of yourself, the creative side, the lazy side, the hungry, endlessly hungry side, (laughs) or, or whatever it is, and, and help them to form it, like create an army, army, I call it an, an army of splits, to work for you, to propel you forward, and you do that by recognizing all of their needs and getting their needs met, and the reason why I believe that MDMA is the best way to start is because of that factor that it turns off the amygdala, but also it works like dynamite, like TNT in your brain, and it blows up these dysfunctional neural pathways that have been so ingrained. And that's why it works so quickly, because it does, it comes in there and it clears. But that's why it's very important, because it's essentially like going through brain surgery, that you follow the proper protocol to make sure that you are creating functional, healthy pathways instead. Because yeah. if not, you might just go back to your same patterns and recreate and re-traumatize. That's, that's what we've talked about, too, because once you pull it out, it's a, it's a big responsibility. Because you, as the gatekeeper of the emotions and basically kind of sorting things out for someone as a guide, I mean, the person's coming to you because they don't really don't know how to interpret most of the stuff anyway. They're like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, I know I'm screwed up. Like, I need some help. So what you're essentially doing is almost rewiring the brain in a way to where you present uh, the idea that you kind of allow them, hopefully, to kind of figure it out on their own and just give them some kind of guidance. Other people almost looking for, like, a different kind of approach. And I think this is the, the aspect of it that is just interesting because you can rewire someone's brain to where you basically retrain their memories. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a powerful thing that... I wonder if it's needed in some cases, right? Because if someone is so traumatized, I would think I'm like, do you have to go do all the work for them at this point, right? Because they're just almost paralyzing their brain. I look at it as that um, when I take clients on for my high-performance coaching, they have to want to do it themselves. It's a do-with process. I can't do it to them. Sure. And they have to be all in, and they have to be doing it for themselves, Um because that presupposes that they're going to do it. If you're doing it because your wife told you to, yep. then it's not going to create life, uh, lifelong lasting change. Um, not all the parts will show up either, oh, right? So right. Uh, yeah. I like mean, for, you to, for you to even work on all those parts, they won't even show oh up. Oh, yeah, they won't show up. It's just, And also, people can put up a part of them that's willing to do that, and that's the reason why, you know, when I get to know them, and I call, I call people out on their shit, and I'm like, I'm not here to be your friend. I will push up against your boundaries. I will loosen your model of the world. I'll respect it, but Big I cop, will. Tough cop. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like I will push up against them. It's like you, mean, you, you imagine like those splits. You, I like that movie Split too, right? It oh like yes. It can also pretend to be something else just to like I don't really want you to know me, but I know you're trying to get something out of me, so I'm going to present something. Yeah. And that's almost like if you're talking about a different person. It's like I think that we have. I mean, that's your self-talk basically. Right? Yes. Well, your self-talk is also an internalized parent or someone that was um, a person in your life because a lot of those inter- internal voices are the itty-bitty shitty committee <laughs> and uh, the person driving the bus, you know, that basically warns you before you could get in trouble with something. The person that's always like, you got to do it faster, you're not good enough and stuff like that. Who said that to you when you were younger? So if you do it to yourself before they do, it doesn't feel as bad. Um, finding out what that is and then quieting that voice and turning it into something loving. Like when I go for my uh, bike ride um, in the morning, I will say very nice things to myself for like a whole hour. Like you can have what you want. You're beautiful. Your unconscious mind is amazing. And then I just use that time to put in all of those really nice thoughts. 
Um, yeah. Incantations while you're exercising, like Tony Robbins <laughs> talked about, is really, really effective. Well, that makes sense because you're basically building new neurons every time you exercise. So oh, I got wow. so I got to imagine that you're creating the synapses by the exercise itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about NAD because <laughs> um, it helps you um, replenish your cells, right? Reco- help you recover them, right? And, and that's everywhere. And some people feel it in their heads. Some people I feel it in my knee joints sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or my so I've been thinking about because of an experience that I had recently with, uh, it was a week after um, um, after doing MDMA and psilocybin, a week after I had like a really intense experience with a high dose NAD. I, I really want to experiment with like, if we're trying to, like you said, it, it goes in there and destroys, like MDMA can do that, right? So that you can like start reshaping everything. If it was done together and you start regenerating those cells because of the NAD therapy as they're being destroyed, at the same time, creating new neural pathways and habits, new all that. You should put some hypnosis with that, and you'll really change something. Right. And well, so, yeah, and so I was thinking, like, you know, go, going to uh, uh, Dispenza to do, like, a, um, mm-hmm. what's it called? Like, a, I don't know what you call it, but it's just, like, eye therapy almost. Basically. Oh, M- EMDR? Well, not necessarily therapy, but more of, like, the... Uh, like the kaleidoscope of like being able to like integrate all the different layers that can happen. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll we require that, that people take the integration. Like you can't just come do a journey, and sure. we we require that. Plus, we offer like follow up calls. You know, we're not we're very against the the people who are like let's just do one big journey together and goodbye forever. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it can be very actually traumatizing. <laughs> I'm actually it's not. It's irresponsible. Point. I think. I've gotten yeah. clients that have had uh, bad trips and things like that, and um, and they come to me and they're like, I have after their shaman fucked them, <laughs> like really wow. crazy stuff happened, and then I like I I actually help them integrate afterwards. I think the integration, even though you know you're blowing out those boundaries of your problems, those parts of yourself, letting everything come to the service, but the integration at the end, I think, is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself, because afterwards you help. Uh, build the new pr- new neural pathways, and then afterwards I task people. So the reason why you are where you are is because of what's going on inside of you, but also your environment. If you put someone back in the environment where they got fucked up, guess what? They're going to have people pull them down and get fucked up again. So I like to task them inside of their new environment to have new things come up inside yeah. of that environment so then we can come work on, on them again so they can actually make lasting change because the environment is just as important. Triggers sure. are Triggers. very oh important. My gosh, yes. yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Going back to the what you said about the hypnosis deal, so I kind of look at theta waves mm-hmm. as being in hypnosis, and I don't know. Absolutely. If, and so, one of the things I find fascinating. What could you explain? What theta waves? So, are? so theta waves are brain waves, and ba- brain waves you have like alpha, beta, you have theta, it's delta, and gamma, and so it's it's essentially a frequency. You have like a velocity, and you can measure um, the velocity, basically the speed of your synapses, which is your brain communication. Uh, it's like imagine it's like a little shot of electricity from one brain cell to the next to communicate. That's all you're doing is you're yelling and it's the voice. So synapses are voices of brain cells communicating between one another. And theta waves, just like any other brain waves, can be diminished in their velocity. So they could be not firing as much. Or the person could not be experiencing theta waves as much as they should. So you think about theta waves when you sleep and it's kind of like you're in your trance. Like you're kind of falling asleep, you're about to fall asleep, someone wakes you up, mm-hmm. that's like theta waves, right? 
And when you get past that and you can go deeper, you actually get out of like REM and then you go into deep sleep mode, which eventually is delta waves. Mm -hmm. And when you experience delta waves, it's regeneration. And so I imagine, and we talked about this before, it's like what if you're doing all this under hypnosis, which would essentially be theta waves that you're kind of messing with. What would the intensity, the duration look like, and even the effectiveness of the treatment look like for that type of person if – Imagine we take their theta waves and they're not firing as much, and we actually increase it and put them in there for a, like a, a therapy session, right? I would like to experiment with you putting them under hypnosis while I take them through the journey. I mean, I can do that. Yes, I also. I mean, I, I'm a, a master practitioner of um, hypnosis. Yeah. And uh, it, when you get them into that theta wave, you are bypassing the critical faculty. So. You are 95% unconscious, 5% consciousness, which is reasoning, logic, and uh, creativity. And that critical faculty is the thing that you have to bypass. It's like tells you whether or not something is real or not. And when you go into hypnosis, is that comes out and you can get all the way into the unconscious, which is the go-getter that makes things happen. Yep. Yeah, and so yep. and so we talked about like that's the point where you can be very suggestible. Or, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's suggestive, right? and then that's when you can also reprogram, right? And that's, and then that's also kind of like how, you know, back in the day, how they used to do the commercial, the subliminal messaging, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, but then that's it's also why under hypnosis. hypnosis you can also the like, oh, eat a eat an onion and like stuff like that. Right? The like TV is the biggest hypnosis hypnotist ever. You're in hip, you're. Under in about 15 the seconds in the phone. As soon as you hear the Netflix go, dun, yeah, Um and, you know, people drive around in, in, in a trance. I mean, you can go into trance very easily. I could put you in a trance just by talking to you conversationally. Sure. And uh, a lot of stuff, you know, bypasses the critical faculty. It gets inside there. And once you start to really understand language, uh, you can really put thoughts and things into people very easily. And, like, so for, like, this stuff that we're doing now, if someone were to do it, go under hypnosis, and they can actually feel You can use it as something like as it's going into your veins, you can feel all those um, wonderful things going inside of your veins and completely and totally making you feel happy and healthy. And that you can actually use the drip as something that creates healing and lasting during sure. the time that they're under. Yeah. And Besides the straight up, like, biochemistry standpoint, I mean. Yeah. Well, that's, that's – go ahead. I was going to say she she recorded this five-minute goal-setting double induction vid, uh, audible th- um, thing to listen to, and it puts you into hypnosis while you're goal-setting. You could even use it to um, play it, something like that, while they're there, and they can just, like, be creating goals while they're getting yeah. the – there's so much. Wow. So, so, wow. so this is what we think about if we're brainstorming here. What we've looked at is, like, well, imagine you are doing that. You took a drink. Of something that we make a little concoction. We drop some bliss. We drop some bliss, which is a serotonin dopamine booster, and they work pretty quickly. Oh yes, we need to collaborate. Yeah. So <laughs> so so imagine so imagine if that's the case, we set the intention by setting the space for your increased serotonin dopamine mm-hmm. to remain at a healthy range. Yes. Right. Because if you spike them too high and they crash, mm-hmm. the idea is like, what does that do to the body's basically metabolism? Right. It can't be that great. So you want to just make sure that it's kind of levels off, but. When you allow them to go in there, it's, like I said, it's layers. If it's vibrational therapy, which I really think we're after next, is uh, we're all frequencies. Mm-hmm. So the way I like to look at it is even in the level of consciousness mixing with brain waves and frequencies that we all run at, you can change the radio station. Mm-hmm. I don't like this song. 
I'm going to change it to this mm-hmm. station. And then when you change it to that station, you're listening. You're in a trance. Like you're like zoning out. Like I'm jamming out. I'm getting lost in the music. And then for a split second, that's where, I mean, I think it's Zoolander, right? Like basically, you know, when he's at the very end and he's talking about killing the prime minister and all that stuff. And, and he basically, through the music, he trains his, his brain to rethink something. Yeah. But what I imagine is what if you do it with vibration? And you can feel the vibration to where it just pulsates. And if you do that, what I want to do is mix it with, like, the chakras and the meridians. Yeah. Because if you do that, what you're doing is you're increasing the firing of essentially, like, the dorsal column of your spine yeah. to basically rewire, like, your cerebellum and, and your equilibrium. And then from there, I think you can rewire the nerve function for better coordination because you're handling vibration therapy, hot, cold, sensory. Yeah. Like, you're talking, like... I imagine with all the type of right movements, you can maybe, like, you've heard of, like, phantom pain, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, maybe the like the foot, like, the extremities just start falling off. Like, you just wake up just to nerves. And then essentially it's like, wake up, like, wiggle your big toe. I keep using my movie references. It's like, wiggle your big toe, and all of a sudden it's like, could you? I mean, it's like a tens unit. That's I, essentially what it is. I was just going to say, I used to sell sim machines for five yeah. years. Yeah, that's all it is. That's I what you could do. Well, that's how you get into, like, uh, binaural beats, right? Like, yes. And, and, but the, the idea is that the left brain and the right brain always operate in different frequencies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you make it that one together? They make one frequency. Yep. Um, and so that's why like my neural beats only really work if you have, if you have headphones on because yeah, you don't get the effect because, because you what you're doing is binaural. Be- uh, for anyone who's not listening, binaural beats are essentially the theta waves, the delta waves, the beta waves, the alpha well, waves. Well, it's it's the it's the art of creating two different frequencies to help you achieve a certain frequency, which is an alpha wave or a beta wave, mm. because you basically well, wave well it's the, it's, it's math, right? Because if you com- combine it, then yeah. then the, the the sum of it or the, the subtraction, I think of it like the difference Either or way. something is like the frequency, and that range is now your left and right brain firing. And saying, okay, we're ready for whatever. That's all it is. You just set the space. Yeah, but you could also do it as you can also go completely opposite and, and really get someone really hyped up. Because like athletes do it, use binaural beats too. But to, to get hyped up and be ready to perform, they're not trying to get into like a very sleep state. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing it the last couple of weeks, like just randomly. And what's great is a lot of them have like Alan Watts talking, and so it's like I can get the instrumental one version of it too. And it is the subconscious. You're great. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're smart. Like, you're having a great day. You're present. Enjoy them. And you don't, if, like, you talk about the numbness. Well, imagine all the other sources of information that you're getting in life is all negative or mixed messages or confusing messages. But I know that this message here serves me. So if I'm going to hear something subconsciously in the background or subliminally, I'm going to hear that it's like, well, you're good enough. You're strong. You're powerful. You're beautiful. And eventually, like, you change that frequency enough to where it just subconsciously goes there. And everything that I've always talked about is how I've always looked at, like, well, how could we integrate nutrition into that? Because the nutrition aspect is that you can have all of this mixed in with what y'all are doing, and you can change everyone's point of view. You could change their whole life, right? So, uh, funny thing to speak that I have a meal, uh, meal prep business where I actually use NLP and stuff into the food, where I infuse the water that I use from a Berkey into the food. I hold the food. I pick the food out by actually muscle testing to make sure that it's yep. good for someone. Yep. And I create based on what's, what's, what the person needs. And then when I channel the energy into the food, I do their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, and I put that directly into the food. Yeah. 
I just I want to mention the second. So um so. I founded a nonprofit. It's called the Activation Project. Uh, she is the vice president. Um, it is divided into three phases. We have Activate Your Mind, which is um, how Socrates said to know thyself. So it's the process of self-realization. Uh, we help you to understand what it truly means to know thyself. Because until you know thyself fully, you the, you can be subjected to manipulation and um Mind control. Yeah, you can just crank it up. I love it. (laughs) Um, So to know thyself. And then phase two is activate your tribe. So activate your friends and family. And really it's through education because what the bomb in the brain is is really understanding the ACE because we believe that trauma is passed on through epigenetics, right? So you can literally stop the imprint and change your DNA through education, through understanding what it is that causes trauma in children. Another one of my hypotheses is somebody who has scored high on the ACE and high on the resilience test. Resiliency test is like the the other side to the ACE. So it's how resilient a child is. So somebody who scored high on the ACE, high on the resiliency equals a superhuman. And an example of a superhuman is, I don't know if you guys saw that documentary Free Solo, yeah. Where he scaled, so perfect example, right? He he like was never even told I love you in his household. He's on the spectrum for Asperger's autism, but extremely, extremely, extremely resilient, and broke the world record by scaling that mountain just with his hands. So, phase two, which is what Christine is in charge of, is um, activate your tribe. Um, the title is Maya Angelou's philosophy: What you get, give; what you learn, teach. So another mistake that I made when I first started getting integrated or through the process or activated and first started getting activated is that I went in guns blazing to my family. Look what I found. They're like, oh, Olivia, taking more drugs. Great. Um, And I just like, this is it, you know, because I get when I believe something, I get super passionate and I'm a pusher. Because I've been an evangelist since I was a child. So I came in there, and what did it do? It, it, it just drove them away. I don't have a relationship with my sisters anymore because it was too much. I didn't have the tools that I needed to come in lovingly to invite them and welcome them into the process, include them into what I was going through, through the tools of NLP and, and all of this stuff. So I could be like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. Because what happens is you start to elevate in consciousness go up the the spiral dynamics game is that you start to work your way up and out of their vibration out of the level that they're on and it can feel very uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. and so it's 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 that through invitation right because i my tendency is to come in through like uh persuasion instead of invitation would you guys like to know more about this how does this sound would you like to, you know like can can i tell you about what i'm going through and maybe you can you know, support me in this way or that way, or how can I support you? So phase two, we teach you how to properly invite your family. And then phase three is activate the world. If your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. If your plan is for 100 years, educate children, is what Confucius said. 
And that explains phase three, where we teach people who have been activated, who have begun to align with their true vocation and their highest calling, to band together with people who feel the same way as them. And what we teach permaculture, how to build earthship homes from the ground up, and how to have sustainable communities where people believe the same stuff, where everyone can help take care of each other's children. And it's like a nice, solid community, not like where everyone lives together, but where they live. You know, you have a network of people yeah. that you can That's work cool. with. That's cool. I like that. Well, it takes a village, right? Like it's it takes a village. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I like yeah. that. That's the second day in a row I've heard, uh, was it Spiral Dynamics? Oh, oh do you like know about Spiral Dynamics? No, the thing is I said it last night, but the thing was I was talking to a guy, and we were – I don't know how we got – obviously, level consciousness was coming up, but I was I kept doing this, and he goes, oh, do you know about Spiral Dynamics? I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, you just made the concept. I said, well, I have been reading Stephen Hawking's lately, so like, I have, like I'm looking at like – vortexes and i'm looking at quantum physics like you know so that's how i I guess i i look at things linear too like you made the river analysis Mm -hmm. like it's a really cool way to look at because sometimes people think up Mm -hmm. right as opposed to in front like if you think the future is up you think completely different than me right Right. i think the future is in front of me Mm -hmm. that's timeline yeah yeah so people can be through time which they see their timeline going through them and behind them and sometimes people can be in time so they see there's this way. Yeah. And or up and down. Is it one or like that? Yeah. Well, if, if you're kind of almost just saying, well, I manifest whatever my timeline is anyway, whatever direction you look at, it's going to go in that direction, X, Y, Z plane. Mm-hmm. Like your orthogonal. It's interesting because I see time as like here always, and it just and it just keeps coming So in. if you were to point to your future, where would you point? Here. Like it's just, it's just, it's just going to. Because like you are your future. Like, like your present. What about like your past? Where would you point if you were pointing to your past? Like, it's even deeper inside. Hmm, interesting. That's interesting. Like, I just feel like it all collapses in. What does that mean? Like, yeah, I feel like things is just like... That's perfect for his first unconscious yeah. mind. I mean, his is all right here, and he can access it, which means that it's... Well, because you've always said the answer. I always have the answer, yeah. right? So every my world is here inside me. Yeah, well, because I just see everything's the same. Like, separation just is yeah. just... Well, well, how do you, how do you view when you step into another dimension? Like, how do you? Well, see, that's that's what I, that's what I was saying. Like the other day when I had that experience with the, it was NAD high 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 dose, and I just stepped into like a fucking. He, sta- he was not here for a while. He was not here for like a few minutes. I was sitting yeah. here, but I was not here, and then I was just drenched in sweat, and I was as I was coming back, it was just like layers coming back. It was like pixelated. Yeah, and it wasn't like I was over there and now I'm and now I'm like moving back. It was more like no, I've been here this whole time. There is just I can see through the layers. Interesting. Uh, and, and it's just like I can feel the layers like assembling again, but they were always just here. Just mm-hmm. not, I don't know how to explain that. Like it, they're still here, but it was like a different dimension. Well, I get that. I <laughs> That's get why that. I keep saying like it's, it was like a different dimension because I I never moved and and I never felt like I moved or left or anything. Like but that. your energy, but your soul, like your energy and soul, like you, basically you just realize your bottle's just your body's just a puzzle. It's yeah. all just pieces, like pieces left, so your energy could get out, and then you just got pieced back I think together. It's probably truly just your consciousness that was traveling. Yeah, sure. Um, Spiral Dynamics, so I'll send you a really interesting yeah. podcast where he color codes all of them. Yeah. But so just quickly so you understand, so it starts with like this, me, we, me, we, me, we. So every time you go to a different level of consciousness, you start at me, and then you go to the we-centric, me-centric, we-centric. Um, the one, hardest one for me to have broken through, like, and I believe I broke through it for the most part this year, is the absolute truth level. 
where it's black and white, which politics, any religion, any politician is still operating, and I believe it's the orange level, where it's like either Democrat or Republican, um, Christianity is the only way, Islam is the only it's way, Judaism. NLP. It's uh, all the isms, it is structure, it is mostly it is absolute on truth. shame and guilt. That you look for something outside of yourself to tell you what to do. It is like the book that tells us and stuff like that. It's the belief in the absolute truth that there is only one way. To when once you burst through that, then you burst through tier two of level thinking. So that all of that is tier one, orange, blue, and then tier two you have yellow, and that is when you're able to connect to different perspectives. Sure. And it's um yeah multi perspective. It's systematic. Yeah. We centric. What's the top? It's very interesting. What's the next tier? I, that's the highest that they he talks about. So I don't know. So it goes to just there's an extension of just that range now you get into. But it's not understanding. It's not like I understand your perspective. Yeah, uh, not, or, I'm, it's not. It's, it? I think you're thinking we're thinking on level consciousness, right? It's not that. This is something separate. It is. So it's, so it's the highest level of consciousness that they speak about is is in Tier 2. Now, there's different levels, I'm sure, yes. in Tier 2, but he doesn't go into that that much. I'm very new. Like, I've learned about it just this year. Gotcha. Okay, because yeah. that's, that's what I'm wondering, too. Is it, like, it, everything's a tier, sure. right? You know, Maslow's, like, hierarchy of needs. Like, you have a basis of, like, just right. shelter. Like, if right, you don't so ha- that's, like, at the bottom level. Right, yeah, and you should have that, but then it's almost like you're, shameful about the shelter you have because it's not very much right but the understanding of the level consciousness would get you higher here to say that shelter is everything we need so my friend autumn she recently had a 5meo uh trip or whatever and in the trip she she spoke to god and he said it's all just pure consciousness yeah that is everything that Mm -hmm. is all so maybe at the very highest it's just when you become pure consciousness, yeah. you become one in everything. Like Ram Dass says, um, I am that too. You know, so it's like yeah. once you start to realize that you are everything. everything yeah, well, you know? it goes back, right? Yeah. The, the, so, like, someone, and then I didn't know the answer for a long time, or I didn't know, I don't know if it's the answer either, but it's just the way that I that I perceive it is like, uh, the, the idea of, like, what grace is, right? Like, um, and, I, and I've said this a couple of times on the, on the podcast, and just the idea of that the fact that I can, like, feel anything, pain, like, love, uh, you know, discomfort, like, anything at all, that, that to me is grace, right? Because I could, like, the universe is huge, and, like, the majority of it is just empty space, and, but there's still energy there. So it could have easily been where I just had no awareness whatsoever, no consciousness. I could have just been, like, a freaking atom in the middle of this space, trying to expand and that's it like nothing right. else well i'm of the belief that we pre-program our hunger games experience mm-hmm. so before we get here so i gotta ask you so when you're hovering in that space as an atom is that constant or is vibration moving too and frequency moving if you're hovering like your gracefulness is hovering in space like you're just in space yeah right is that just you're moving at a constant speed frequency Movement, or, or are you, you just still? Like, is it like? Yeah, or you? Or, or, or you I mean, like I that. would be moving at. I forget what it is. I think it's seven point oh two. The 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 frequency of the of like just the universe in general. Uh, hertz seven point oh two. Yeah, I think. 
I think that's what it would be. I, I wouldn't know because I wouldn't have any consciousness, though. So Stephen Hawking, I think if I recall this correctly, he was saying that he thought that we were all constant in just space, but we're not. Like, space is not constant. The speed of light is, but sure. space is not. Yeah, no. So that's what I'm saying. What would you be doing if you're just, are you in purgatory? Like, what are you doing? Like, are you, you know, like you're not able to adapt to higher level. If you haven't I, taken a physical form, you mean? Yeah. And you're yeah. just pure yeah. consciousness? Yes, yes. I just, I don't, I don't see it in terms of, like, that's what I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you, you just don't, like, there's nothing. It's just like white light or something, or black light. And yeah, it's just like, like it's nothing. Like, like, there's no way to me to perceive that, like, oh, I'm nothing because I don't. Because I'm or are you everything? At that everything. moment, are you or everything? everything. Sure, yeah. everything. And nothing everything. Your consciousness when you think about um, it that way. But, but you're everything now. So. Yeah. Right, so that's what I was saying. I, yeah. I want to know what that is like, too. Well, the only reason we have awareness is because we have a, a, a brain to like even think about that. Right? Because I'm sure Rock I has... pure consciousness is always aware no matter what form it's in. Oh, I but, think... But, you can talk about it, right? Because, I mean, a rock could have awareness, but you would, we would never know because we can't communicate with it. Right. I mean, you can if you can channel it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yes. I mean, I've talked today. to trees before. And, yeah. and, um, <laughs> so you guys were talking about spiral dynamics. Um, in NLP, they call them values level thinking. Okay. And uh, from one is basic needs like feeding, fucking, and fighting, and that's it. Nothing past that. Two is tribe. Uh, like talking to trees, it's very um, for for the tribe, a shaman and stuff like that. And then when you evolve out of that, it's into me. So it's all about me. Um, every values level has a shadow and and a good side. And there's uh, successful people in all of them. So three is is all about me. Um, I don't care about anyone else. And then four, when you go into four, is structure. It's the isms. Uh, five is entrepreneurship when you uh, make you make money. A lot of them don't care about the planet. They're like, oh, let's fucking put all the plastic bottles out there. And then um, and then six is uh, I think a lot of Austin has values level uh, values level six inside of three thinking because you can have a values level of thinking in your mind but be in a container of a different values level, which is a lot what happens a lot. So six <laughs> is connection, consciousness. Um, communal living and stuff like that. Seven is starting to get off planetary, and then eight is like you are actually. They speculate that Elon Musk is is uh, values level eight, but you have all the money that basically you're a great communicator. But it goes up and up and up, and through those levels, it actually goes higher. But they haven't been um, seen yet because normally a values level eight and seven don't have a lot of the stuff that the other values levels have because you have to have the container to be actualized as a seven or eight. Sure. Yeah. Like you got to have that type of money to be even do it. It was like, I want to do everything for the well, world like and I know how to do it, but yeah. I need the funds. What yeah. about like Enoch? So there's a story in the <laughs> Bible sure. of how Enoch, the prophet Enoch, he just elevated. Mm-hmm. And he just got, he just elevated so high on level of consciousness that he just zoop. That's why right now my main focus That's what is how do, how do I um, hover? How do I, how do I levitate? How do I levitate? How do I, that's what I've been saying this whole time. I was like, we, we need to learn how to levitate. That's my, that's my life goal. But do you believe you can? I do. Yes. I totally I believe. Is there any part of you that doesn't believe that? Yes. Uh, no. I believe right now that we just haven't unlocked it in, my, in our brains yet. Like, we haven't figured it out. Mm-hmm. And we're going to. Like, that's well, how I feel. No, yeah, but the answer is, Easy like, day. yes, I do believe 
I, I'm not capable of it. Yeah, and so I need to undo that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you need to, to yeah, delete it. So yeah. it's, it's usually like, what is, what's the part of me that doesn't believe it? Mm-hmm. Well, right. uh, well, in the NLP audios I'm listening to, it talks about like how 300 inductions under hypnosis is like can probably get you through. So I do I've it every day for like a year. <laughs> every day for a year. Like, like where I feel really hypno- light, hypnosis. like in, in comparison to how I feel right now sitting on this chair, mm-hmm. where like, oh, I feel lighter on the chair. But like to be able to like actually hover, that that that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. It, I can't wait for that. Some Indian, <laughs> don't some Indian gurus haven't they kind of done that? Yeah, yeah, they have. yeah it's possible. Yeah, well, I think well, like this is yeah, do, uh, like meditators can do like you know freaking one day breaths, you know, like have, you know meditate what? for a whole day on just one breath. Oh God, wow. Which is yeah, which is something else I'd like to. Try I just figured my yoga game's gonna have to just step up tremendously, like just because imagine the patience that you're gonna have to be. I think what it is is it's um, the meditation factor. Like when you talk about how you get deeper into meditation, I like to picture you getting into that core of yourself, like you're just getting deeper in your mind, and then you're just there, and then you're like, well, what could deeper look like? There's no bottom, right? Because what's going to happen? You're not going to hit bottom and be like, all right, that was it. Like, I know this is it. Because then what? You're in space. You know everything. Like, you're just everything. I, I got to imagine. So. I think that at that point, you're just like floating in there. You're just like, oh, crap. The fractal like, universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that you just, I don't know. I think you just dissolve maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, that's what I heard to someone's EMT uh, experience that it was like pixelation. They just saw everything pixelated. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how that experience was. Were, and so, in a sense, in that case, I was I was levitated because I was definitely floating, out of body, out of body, right? But it was like it's not like, oh, let me like let me fly that way. Mm. That, that not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, next time, because uh, my my body itself was still here, right? But how do you how do you yeah connect the unconnectedness? Well, then there's yeah <laughs> teleportation, right? You could start there. Yeah. You're already practicing like ESP. I am, that's what I think yeah. spirit yeah. trips are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- I, that's how I kind of look at it, too, is that you can tra- – I, so I would imagine that time traveling is going to be pretty much very soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it, like, we're already doing it, right? So deja vus I've been having more of, and I can just tell, like, I'm already creating this, or I was already part of this, and I'm just living it already because I created it. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I feel like everything's time travel, right? Cause what, is like, it, what do they call that? The the, what is it called? It's um, the quantum, like – uh, action. Uh, no, where it's like uh, where you can uh, transport Quantum an projection? atom. Uh, it's something like that. It has that string theory? No. Oh, you're talking about like the. Uh, I think it has like the string. I know what you're talking about. Like where you can experience. Where the same they thing. where they teleported the the an atom? Yeah, split atoms. And they're having exactly the same experience, exactly at well, the same time. Well, I've taken people yeah. through spirit trips where you you start the off the spirit trip talking, but then everybody goes to the same well fifth dimension, and you're all seeing the same thing and experiencing the same thing without talking. I mean, I just can't wait to throw those parties. I'm free. It was like, let's throw that party in that planet over there, just. Stream of consciousness party. Yeah. That's what I imagine it is. Everyone's yeah. just trying to send out a I'm vibration. I'm practicing my party right? game That's right now. I'm pretty good at throwing parties, I think. Let's do it. <laughs> That's all it is. You're just trying to vibrate yeah. the world to a higher frequency. Yeah. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Hell, yeah. Yeah. why not? Yeah. I have a my Bitcoin fund. Well, one of my Bitcoin funds is actually my space fund. And, and it's, a, it's something I put money in there every single paycheck, a small percentage, that, uh, you know, whatever... It, 
I think right now it's a hundred grand to like hover in, in outer space for like ten minutes or something like that. Wow, interesting. Um, um, and with SpaceX, which is an Elon mm-hmm. Musk um, company, and mm-hmm. you can do that through him. That's a lot of money for just 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to could be <laughs> at least an hour, you know. Uh, what are you going to do for those 10 minutes? I'd probably meditate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all need to see this movie. <laughs> close your eyes. She's going to close your eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <else. laughs> so like, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm back on Earth. Well, like, this is how it feels to hover. So now I, I can. Now I, I know what to look for. That's hilarious. Back on Earth, because <laughs> it's really. Just, <laughs> you guys, you have to watch this movie that just came out. That Alamo Draft House is called Save Yourself. It is so freaking good. Yeah, Save yes. Yourself. Yes, Done. it's about this couple. There is this hipster couple, couple from New York. They decide to go off the grid for one week because they're all addicted to their phones and technology. And while they do, this is just the beginning. But while they do, like, uh, these aliens called puss take over and start destroying the world. So they're, like, disconnected so they don't know what's going on. It's <laughs> super hilarious. funny. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel right now. So, I, so uh, <laughs> tell us about your, your podcast. How did that get started? It started at the beginning of Corona. I had six uh, different jobs going. I'm an entrepreneur, so I have a lot of businesses at once. And then they all went down to one, which was my coaching business. And I just knew. I was like, this is a really important time. I need to get quiet. So I did a digital detox. And then I did a journey with psilocybin and MDMA. And it was my, one of my first sort of guided journeys I'd ever done. And I, um, and my intention that I set was to receive the plan for what I was supposed to, doing, to be doing during corona and for my life. And we started, so he started asking me questions about my life. And all of a sudden, these memories started flooding back. And now as I was talking to them, I was like, why isn't this recorded? I was like, we should record this. So that was like the first idea for the podcast was that we should record these journeys. Um, And then it just kind of evolved from there because I was speaking my story from a place of remembering it for the first time because people always told me you should write a book. But I was like, I don't remember my life. And it was so sad because I have crazy stories. Um, Like one of the biggest breakthroughs when I realized like, oh, my God, this is bringing my memory back was that I had a paralyzing fear of walking upstairs for like 15 years with somebody coming up behind me. So anytime someone would be walking upstairs behind me, I would freeze. And I would feel like butterflies in my stomach and it would almost take my breath away. Especially if they were running up the stairs behind me, I would be like, <gasps> and I would like move and like let them go. And it was so scary, I had no idea why. And then I had this flashback. I was in Guatemala. I lived in Guatemala for eight years in this home. And the, the adults in the home, they had a huge issue with me because I was, like, the ringleader for the young people. And so we were having this meeting, and one of the uncles was, like, blah, 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 telling us some rule. And I made some sassy remark. And he was like, Olivia, get upstairs right now. And I had all my, like, friends looking at me, you know, and I was wearing this little skirt. And so, like, I stand up, and I was like, ah, and I, like, roll my eyes, and I start walking up the stairs really slowly. And I turn around, and I look at him, and I see his hand going back. And he goes, bah! And he, like, spanked me so hard. And I'm 14, almost 15. And I fall on the stairs, and it knocks the wind out of me, and my skirt comes up and exposes myself to everyone. And he just, like, grabbed me by my skirt, yanked me up, and, like, shoved me upstairs and, like, came charging after me. And it was just, like, remembering that. I was like, oh, my God, that's why. And then you realize you're safe you're fine, like, it's not going to happen, you know, like, and so then the fear just went away. 
that was like one thing. So then we just started, yeah, recording the first two episodes of my podcast or, or the first journey I did about my sexual history where I talked about all of these crazy things that happened to me that I never wanted to talk about before. And then her amazing life story. And so that's our goal is to extract people's stories, talk about how they their, te- their test turned into testimonies. So if you guys want to explore any of your childhood experiences and stories and come on our podcast, we would love that. That'd be cool. I'm down. To turn down. your test into testimony. I like that. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I like it though. I like <laughs> it. Cool. Well, where, where else can they find you? We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, Tell us, uh, tell the listeners. Uh, you can find me, Christina Sarmiento, on uh, Instagram, Christina, K-R-I-S-T-E-E-N-A, uh, 1111, and then also same handle on TikTok, if you like. Oh, yeah, you're stuff. a big TikTok person. <laughs> <laughs> I love TikTok. It's amazing. Um, and then uh, Christina Sarmiento, S-A-R-M-I-E-N-T-O, on Facebook. And then I am O underscore E-M. OM88 on Instagram. We have the Activation Project on Instagram as well. Our website is theactivationproject.com and you can email us at become.activated at gmail.com. Become.activated. Thank you guys so much for listening in. This is the How Do You Help podcast. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com.